standard issue for all women. Hi, Hannah here. Welcome to this week's Sunday Chops. Hope you're all remembering to wash your hands. Let's just leave that there. So, a couple of weeks ago, I went down to the Guildhall Art Gallery in London to meet Catty Pearce to talk to her about an exhibition that opened there on Friday, which is called Enchanted Interiors, and it looks absolutely fascinating. It's about how women have been represented in art, the concept of them being trapped in gilded cages, and it's also about the glass ceilings that affect female artists so had a lovely chat with catty that is coming up now enjoy the rest of your sunday hi i am here with catty pierce the city of london corporation's curator at the Guildhall art gallery hello welcome which is a place i didn't know existed and i literally got a bit lost on the way yeah no it's it's kind of in a slightly awkward space off the main off the main drag but no we can be found and we are here always open near the bank of england (laughs) so we're here to talk about the enchanted interior which opens here on friday the 13th runs to june the 14th This started life in the north, this exhibition, didn't it? Yeah, this is a, a show that's travelling to us, so it's a, it's a chance for people um, to see something that's already had a run-up in Newcastle at the um, Laying Art Gallery, and it's been brought to us in collaboration with their curators and, and Madeleine Kennedy, um, who sort of brought it together, and we've adapted it for our space, we've added a bit more of our own permanent collection work to it. Um, so what people will see in London is slightly different to what would be seen up in Newcastle, but it, it's a real great opportunity to to have such a sort of comprehensive show full of like big name artists um, come to our space. And the sort of catch line of this is gilded cage or glass yeah, ceilings. So yeah. could you explain to me a bit more what you mean about that? Well, the sort of premise of the exhibition is is to look at um, some of those historic depictions of women in really sort of ornate interior spaces that that kind of suggest the enclosure and entrapment of women and how historically, you know, our position as women has been seen as domestic and private rather than public um, in the way that men have been conceived of as being sort of um, owners of public space. So what Victorian and pre-Raphaelite artists uh, do is kind of place these gorgeous women in gorgeous spaces and they may, on the surface, seem to just be um, taken, at, taken at face value. They just look like pretty pictures. If you scratch the surface, you find they're full of a slightly more sinister complexity and this idea of the gilded cage, the metaphor that's often used to describe a woman's entrapment and, and the comfortable the comfortable prison, perhaps, that um, we've, we've occupied um, over the centuries, um, of always being inside looking out. And these paintings are filled with doors that, that maybe don't go anywhere or don't open, or windows that are only to be looked out from. And it sort of questions how far we've come, perhaps, in terms of um, our position in the world as domestic creatures who also are are trying to escape these um, enchanted spaces that are appealing, perhaps, to stay in, but actually don't offer much in the way of um, growth or experience or opportunity. Yeah, I mean, the pre-Raphaelites are the worst offenders, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> lovely paintings, lads, but, you know, the message behind it is absolutely... Yeah, boring. I mean, they're often um, they're often more complex than, than sort of sim- simply kind of keeping your place. And what this show does is bring in um, more questioning of those tropes so you yep. have you have um 
the kind of Orientalist pieces which look at the so women in the harem, so this kind of um, this westernised view of the exoticism of you know the the woman who's kept the kept yeah the kept woman who's mm. in her in her lovely space with all lovely cushions and soft furnishings, but she's there as a um, a sort of uh, an item of pleasure for somebody else. But within these things, there are suggestions of an interior life of the woman herself. There are hints that the artist kind of knows that this is... Um, uh, there's, there's always this sort of double think happening where they're saying, oh, this is very appealing and enchanting, but also, actually, this is quite uncomfortable. Yeah. And do we, in the West, do we think that's just a, a pretty and what a lovely life that must be? Or are we, or are we putting ourselves above the, the culture that, that does that and insists upon it? And in what senses are... Our, I suppose largely our middle class women in their lovely um, 19th century homes actually no better off than the woman who is uh, enslaved or entrapped in, a, yeah. in, a, in a, a harem of the imagination which is essentially what, what it is but it gets more interesting when um, female artists start uh, examining this theme so you have Evelyn de Morgan who actually kind of invests her central figures with a bit more power and a bit more uh, control perhaps and, and always the suggestion that that there's more going on than just a, a passive uh, existence. Yeah, because, I mean, in truth, if you look at a, a picture and a woman around that time, the, the things that they were expected to do were much the same, you know, be beautiful, be admired. Yeah, the limitations yeah. That, are, that are in place that we've, we've pushed back a certain amount, yeah. you know, quite a lot, historically speaking, in quite a short space of time, if you take a kind of broad view of things. But then you can't be complacent as a contemporary audience to yeah. suggest that oh, we're so much better off now. Um, and in right. some ways you are, in some ways you aren't. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, de Morgan in particular is quite interesting because she is so vocal in her own time um, as a sort of second-wave pre-Raphaelite artist about avoiding the, uh, the kind of shackles of, of marital expectation. She married someone who was, mu- who was a creative collaborator and partner. They worked together. They were both sort of non-conformist, both artists in their own right. She was very resistant to this, this idea of the, you know, the marital noose and being yeah. shackled and, and through her art. Oh, I like um, her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, she's great. And she, you know, she was very vocal about uh, suffrage and, and um, pacifism also and spiritualism. And she's a really interesting um, figure who carves out her own artistic space part of the other thing the exhibition is saying is about women's art and and how that is a liberating um form of expression to start opening doors but also as you said before the idea of the glass ceiling that's that's our new our new word i suppose for the gilded cage when at what point do you hit the barrier where you can go thus far but no further how do you get beyond it how do you start opening more doors or shattering barriers it's interesting because just just to revisit the the pre-raphaelites part of this sort of problem with with them is that they were looking backwards they were looking to the medieval inspiration and shakespeare and and things so what we need is for art to start Forward, yeah, that, I yeah. mean, there, there are obviously exce- yeah, exceptions to all, all rules, but broadly, when we look at pre-Raphaelitism, I think we're not we're seeing Victorian taste changing, um, but perhaps we're not always rooted in a Victorian world on the canvas. But we are seeing their prejudices, their um, uh, acceptances of the status quo, where, where it deviates as well. But yeah, I mean, yes, now you have a, you know generations of, of female artists who are going beyond 
um, those limitations and, and some of that content is in the show and, and highlights those differences. Can we talk about some of the yeah, contemporary yeah. art that's, that's in the exhibition? Yeah, I mean, the, it's quite an international range of, of artists, actually, who have been brought together in this show, where the kind of contemporary versions of this confinement are made quite plain, I suppose. In Hayev Karaman's work, Hussein Pasha, um, and she's an a Iraqi-born artist, and she creates this kind of enormous wooden it's almost like a sort of bird's eye view of a layout of a um, a domestic space based on traditional Iraqi house which insists upon the segregation of the sexes and what she does is sort of put herself in it as a kind of ghostly figure um, and questions that um, the the kind of um, fretwork screens that divide the women from the men but those screens are are a way of sort of keeping women behind something but they're also the means through which women look and observe and find things out and communicate and, and there's a kind of interplay between what the barrier between the male and female sphere how it might serve the women as well as limit them um, and this is you know this is coming from her culture her experience yeah. her memory of uh, a childhood home that's um, that's destroyed in, in wartime and it and it's very personal um, so more often you find artists are digging into their own um, biography to um, to say something about this and um, they're not just trying to kind of um, create a nice picture they're, yeah. they're using it as a, as a means of escaping um, their own sort of cultural limitations whether from whatever culture that may stem from that's great do you have another example of that? yeah well some, something that really sort of caught my imagination in, in, um, in terms of the contemporary art um, an artist called Shana Lutka she does a lot of stuff around sort of psychoanalysis and exploring kind of surrealism but but through the lens of psychoanalysis and she she did a um a series of works that she visited Salpetria Hospital in Paris which was the site of I suppose what you would call an asylum but it's an it's a hospital and where women were brought who were suffering from hysteria that that sort of the classic medicalization of of the of the woman who won't behave or conform or yeah. who has emotions or <laughs> expresses them um, and one of the subjects of Shalko who uh, was kind of presented as this almost as a piece of theatre you know this hysterical woman who was obviously going through some mental health issue or whatever but was then observed by all these men these students Freud would come and sort of she was displayed you know objectified as this item of curiosity so when the artist visited the the setting for for this she noticed that in the room where this particular patient had stayed and in a number of the rooms there were these metal grills kind of down low in almost in like the skirting board and to her they suggested the only means of communication perhaps between women in these um, in these cells and so she's taken the idea of that that within the confined space there is always a kind of crack yeah. <laughs> and that there are there are rebellions and there are opportunities limited and as, as small as they may be and what she's done is create these um, her own sort of metal grill shapes that then get affixed to the wall um, and within the exhibition visitors will encounter them but they'll sort of have to look for them because they'll be down low or they'll be sort of hidden um, and they just suggest that tiny little crack of um, air and light through to the outside world but they're also sort of contained within them is just this one means of communication that, that suggests as limited as it is an agency yeah. on behalf of the the woman who's been held up as a you know, almost a zoo animal yeah so in doing that I think it brings forward you know, more of an idea of, of escape 
in, in, its, in its own way and also of limitation. And she names each of her metal grills after one of the women in the asylum, so they're called Genevieve, and you know, they, have, they have their own names, but, and they embody a whole person's life yeah. and existence. And they're really interesting. listeners we very much like you listening but we would bloody love you to become viewers our live gigs are things of joy so you should totally come to one our next show is in birmingham on sunday the 29th of march at the very civilized time of 5 p.m and hannah and i will be chatting with the boss sarah millican the very talented actor and playwright helen monks excellent comedian and actor janice Connolly, aka mrs barbara nice and a n other tba we're also in the process of finalising gig bookings in Brighton, Manchester, Milton Keynes, London and Edinburgh. So keep an eye on our website for details of those bad boys. That website? www.standardissuepodcast.com Now, I was about to say how far we've come talking about women, but in art, it seems like women have an even harder time than they do in, say music or film or any other area, comedy, any other areas of, of the arts? I mean, no, not being an artist myself, I I don't know to what extent it's it's worse in the art world for women than it is in other areas. I mean, creative industries in particular, you will find um, in, in one level it's been opened up massively and, and, and women run things and, you know, curate things mm. and produce things. Um, but there, there will be areas which are still you know kind of not as equal as they might be for the artist i suppose there there may be more um women artists working or able to do that but whether they can ascend into the kind of um uh into the upper echelons of world fame or of kind of um being being taken on an equal basis with their male counterparts, whether their work is assessed in the same way, whether it's given the same um, critical assessment or evaluation, I suspect you know not that there is a lot yeah. that there is um, still a huge number of, of barriers there. Certainly, the the artists in this show, people who who perhaps have a, a an engagement with contemporary art, will recognise names, but possibly we're not talking. Um, household names to to the general public even with the Victorian um, period most people may have heard of Byrne Jones they might not have heard of Evelyn de Morgan but her career is is you know aligned with his at the same time you know in the same sort of we don't assess women's work in the same way I you know I suspect um so really what in, in some ways being a female artist itself is an act of Rebellion is, yeah. you know, it is a it is a means of escaping uh, a, a gilded cage of some kind. But I think yeah. women have to be more, maybe have to be more canny with what they do and what they agree to do and how they give their labour, what what they choose to um, exhibit and where. You know, there's, there are more considerations perhaps involved, yeah. particularly for women of colour and and women who come from kind of the non-European art tradition. You yeah. know, it's it, it's still something. In this country, there's a lot of work to be done to just give space, you know, just to have walls for, for these people to exhibit on. Um, it's not, uh, it's not um, a given, you know, that they're being offered an open door. Mm. Last year, I think it was, the National Portrait Gallery did something on pre-Raphaelite women. Yes, pre-Raphaelite um, sisters, yeah. Yes. I mean, really it's interesting. ironic that, I mean, Lizzie Siddle, for example, most famous 
as an image yes. rather than yeah. an artist as a, as a model, as a, yeah. me, as a muse or as a tragic story. Yeah. And that sort of narrativization of, oh, well, you know, she was in a relationship with this artist yeah. and she modelled for this, but actually what's her work doing you know yeah. what, what are we looking at here yeah. but you know there are obviously people who break through but after decades of work so Lubaina Himid you know w- winning the Turner Prize and she's been uh, an artist for for decades and she was doing you know doing things in the 70s and, and has only just sort of broken through mm-hmm. Sonia Boyce being um you know given the the, the platform at the uh, Biennial, it, you know, it's high time. You know, these women, I think, if perhaps had they been men, yeah. may have broken through earlier, or their work taken into the canon of, you know, what yeah. we call British art. Well, the canon is the problem, isn't it? It's the same with theatre. If, yeah. the, if the law, not the law, but the unspoken agreement is that you have to put some stuff on that's classic, yes. then it's generally going to be male stuff that, that Yeah, and on. I mean, the same with art collections yeah. and, you know... What, what we do, you know, if you've got a historic art collection like we have at the Guildhall Art Gallery, um, just by dint of the fact that these works were being collected in the Victorian period by a male curator as contemporary art, the art market is largely male, the buyers are largely male, um, you'll find almost all galleries that have historic works, you know, the proportions of male artists are much, much higher. Um, but now, in terms of our permanent collection, we're trying to redress that to do more work to um, commission female artists, to collect female artists. So, um, really, you know, just the last few years, what we've brought into the collection, um, we've very much focused on the need to um, yeah. to have greater representation of, of women from uh, the AME backgrounds to look at you know what what actually is speaking to our collection themes now yeah um, just to tip the scales and to continue to do that really. yeah is there a piece here that you were excited to see that you hadn't seen before that sort of come on the tour do you know what actually i think the um the piece that i really can't wait to see in person um is a sculpture by george frampton um, so I'm picking a male artist, yeah, but actually, I think okay. I actually think the um, I think the piece is just extraordinary. Um, it's a it's a sculpture bust of um, the mythic figure Lamia, or Lamia, however you want to say it. Who I mean, it's taken from, oh, from the, Keats. the Keats poem. Yeah. yeah. So again, the sort of mining of you know early yeah. 19th century and the latter part of the 19th century, and it's such a strange. It's, so she's a kind of half serpent creature who is kind of masked by her femininity and, and you know is about to marry a. A young man, and then she's revealed for what she really is, which is an uncanny half monster. You know, again, so it's the classic tropes yeah. of the, the mysterious woman who's yeah. got something going on underneath that we don't quite understand, <laughs> yeah, she um, and she's a bit, you know, this kind of horror, almost, you know, kind of body horror yeah. um, of women um, who then, you know, once she's discovered, disappears, is no longer, you know, voiced, is popped out of existence. But this sculpture is so present, and it, it's such a, it's this glowing white face and she has this kind of huge opal in her in her headdress and she looks so contemporary and there is something you know there's something kind of really striking about it that's incredibly powerful and not at all of something you'd forget and at the time you know at the royal academy when it was debuted a critic said she creates an absolute silence in the room wow. um, and i think she still has that effect today and i think that idea of taking a kind of mythological view of a, of a woman who's essentially performing a deception about what she really is, but putting her presence so completely undeniably um, into physical form so that 
the thing that disappears is our our kind of ability to rationalise her response, yeah. but she holds her space. Um, I think it's a really interesting sort of... There are lots of thresholds in this exhibition, and she sort of sits at a strange threshold between historic art and tipping it over into something very contemporary. It sounds almost sort of... Um, I, I, I get annoyed with me when I say cartoon because I don't mean cartoon. I mean um, comic you know, like uh, sort of kind of a superhero or a supervillain. Yeah, yeah. There's something. The yeah, she does yeah. look. She looks quite extraordinary. And you, if I think, unless you really knew, perhaps you'd be hard pressed to pin a date on her. She does look fairly. Um, she looks like something a, a contemporary female artist could have created. Yeah. When you when you put her against other works in the show, it's very hard to say. Oh, she's she's obviously a Victorian sculpture. I don't, she's not. You know, she's very. Um, yeah, she's got a sort of a universal, timeless appeal that, yeah. that suggests a change in thought, perhaps in in terms of you know the way art was going. It moves into something more symbolic and yeah. and, and something a bit more um, com- complex and perplexing. It's not sort of easy an easy one to account for. Okay, so just as a reminder, this opens on Friday the thirteenth. Yes, Friday the thirteenth. We're hoping that doesn't bode ill, but um, it's going <laughs> to yeah. It will open on the thirteenth of March. It will run for three months until okay. the fourteenth of June. So yeah, three month run. Okay. Um, the gallery is free. The the gallery is free. The exhibition is charged, okay. but um, tickets are ten pounds full price, seven pounds concessions, and there are lots of free categories and other. Um, discounts as well. And can I ask you when the gallery is open? The gallery opens, um, so it's 10 o'clock Monday to Saturday, closing at 5, and then on Sundays it's 12 to 4, um, but it's open every day. So people have literally no excuse? No excuse at all, and there's plenty of other stuff here as well, if uh, if people just want to come and and get a feel for the space. We have the ruins of a Roman amphitheatre underneath us, you know, we sit on an ancient site, so we have this completely... Um, at, you know, layered history on this site where Roman ground floor level is our basement. You can walk into that and visit it, and then you get scenes of London from over 400 years. You get Victorian classics um, of sort of British art, and you get some contemporary um, art dotted and around it all as well. Brilliant! Thank you. What a lovely job you've had. Yeah, it's not <laughs> bad, I have to say. Yeah, I do think I'm quite lucky. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Hannah. Cheers. Standard issue for all women.